the late 80s, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the podcast Pat Trek. My continuing mission to introduce my friend Patrick to the best show that ever ran on television and to boldly go where millions of white guys with glasses have gone before. Hello and welcome to Pat Trek. This is the show where my friend Pat O'Rourke introduces me, Patrick Winnegar, to Star Trek The Next Generation, a show that I've never seen. And I have seen a ton of times. And Patrick, do you ever feel like that maybe we were separated at birth? I think we've talked about this before. Yeah, I think you asked me this specifically the last episode. Was that the last episode? Yeah, because that was Brothers. Oh my god! I mean, I think you did. <laughs> it sounds like something you'd ask me. I'm not going to say that we're brothers. I'm just going to say that maybe I was raised by your family, and you were raised by my family, and we're actually displaced Patricks. Oh. Have you ever thought about that? Uh, Yeah, you know, well, the uh, Patrick culture is, is very uh, rich and uh, involves <laughs> a lot of uh, childhood injuries. And, uh, Wait. You got injured a lot, or did I get injured a lot? I did. Oh, my God. So did I. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> that was a really weird plot point in this episode. I know. Well, because like, they started... We're talking about Suddenly Human, by the way. Suddenly Human. Suddenly Susan. Yeah. <laughs> suddenly Seymour. Suddenly Seymour. I love Little Shop of Horrors. Oh, it's a great, great musical. Anyway. And, I, and I don't even like musicals. Oh, yeah. The Little Shop of Horrors rules. I kind of love musicals. But let's get back to the point. <laughs> Yeah, so, yeah, it's one of those, like, foundling episodes where they just, like, there's someone that is raised in another culture and, you know, they don't know uh, what, to, what, do with what to do with them. How do you bring them back? Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of like Worf's situation a little bit. It is. I felt like Worf should have had a bigger role in this episode. He was only in, like, one or two scenes. That yeah, was weird. Yeah, true. Well, I do have a fun fact. Okay. Speaking of people not being very present in the episode. LeVar Burton. Yeah. Jordy LaForge. Nowhere to be found. You see one quick cut scene with him in it. I did not even notice that. Yeah. Do you know why? No. Well, remember during Best of Both Worlds Part 2 how there's very little Jordy LaForge because LeVar Burton got really sick? Uh, yeah. Well, this is the second episode recorded or the second one produced, and he's still sick. Oh, my God. Yeah. I don't know what he had, like mono or something. Norovirus. Jeez. <laughs> they serve oysters with craft services or something? like Because mm. uh, Data was out, too. Oh, yeah. Maybe there was something going around on set. Yeah. <laughs> they all had food poisoning. Yeah. When I had food poisoning, you said I was like a sliced water balloon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it said that you were uh, spewing water like a cut balloon. <laughs> I don't know. I wasn't there, but I just assumed because oh, yeah. I, I've had food poisoning myself. It's before. the worst. Yeah, you'd it's, rather it's be dead. Yeah. yeah, you're just coming out at both ends. It's awful. <laughs> wow, well, uh, we're off to a great start. I assume that's what happened to Lavar Burton, who, as we all know, is perfectly fine and healthy today. Oh yeah, I love his podcast. Right. Oh, he has a podcast. Yeah, Lavar reads. 
Man, that sounds great. Yeah, he reads short stories. It's I awesome. loved reading Rainbow when I was a little kid. That was like one of my favorite things. Oh, I highly recommend it. I listen to I it on the train out, all though. the time. So for Patrick's Log, this came out on October 15th, 1990. And it was kind of seemed like a slow news week. I couldn't really find any big headlines, but I did find something that I don't think that we talked about yet. Uh, the Persian Gulf crisis. What? What's that? Uh, you know the, uh, you know the first Iraq war. Wait, did the Iraq war ever end? No, uh, not the one that never ended. The one that <laughs> briefly ended before we started it again. Right, because in my mind, it's just been going on. Right, my no, the one life. in 1991. You know the the oh, when desert... it first ramped up. Right, yeah, yeah, the Desert Storm one. Yeah. Uh, so Desert Storm hasn't happened. Oh, that yet. one we won. Right, but then we continued. Not the one we lost. The one. No, we no, won. we won again. Uh. Yeah, kind of. We accomplished a mission. <laughs> sure. And then we kept going. Yeah, and then it just kind of... The Did mission Peter out? Are we still in Iraq? Uh, I think we still have, like... A couple drones flying around? Yeah, we got some drones flying around. <laughs> That's not that funny, but it's funny. No, yeah. That's kind of uh, sad. Anyway. Yeah. So anyway, this was happening in 1990. <laughs> I remember... Oh my mom getting upset because she was trying to watch General Hospital, and they kept cutting it off with war updates. I remember asking my dad uh, when he was, like, building a fire, because this was, like, December 1990 or something. Mm-hmm. I was, like, five. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Kids, and I yeah. just, like, saw stuff on the news about war. It's like, hey, are we going to war? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, why? And he just goes, oil. <laughs> just no, I remember go- my mom thinking, like, my mom saying it's a disgusting war anyway. Yeah, yeah, and I had no idea what was going on. So, <laughs> and I still don't really. Uh, no, it's definitely a war for oil. Oh, right? okay. I take your word for it. I uh, think I don't know. I think so. Probably. I don't know. That sounds about right. Uh, <laughs> so I was a kid. I was five. I'm only reacting to the <laughs> propaganda I heard from. I, I, I am just saying what my dad told me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And my uh, opinions about the later war. Right. Or the continuation. Yeah, oh, God. The, the, Not a political podcast. <laughs> anyway, so this headline is Crisis in the Persian Gulf. Gulf Watch. Day 74. Uh, now it'd be about Trump going golfing. Right. No, this is... <laughs> it'd be Gulf Watch. This is the other other gulf. Uh, uh, the massive buildup of U.S. forces in the Persian Gulf entered its final stage after more than two months. M1 tanks from two of the U.S. Army's strongest units arrived in Saudi Arabia on ships, and officials predicted these units would have all their equipment by midweek. So uh, Iraq had already invaded Kuwait, and... Uh, the Soviet government is trying to defuse the situation as the Soviet government is pretty much on the verge of collapse. So, Oh, that's right. Uh, yeah, this is like, I want to say, four months before we go to war. Oh, crazy. Yeah. Didn't we totally just kick ass of that war? Uh, like, four people died? On our side, yeah, but there was like a whole bunch of like questionable... Uh, military actions that happened. I don't remember <laughs> what happened at all. Well, I remember the footage of night vision and being really amazed. Oh by yeah. It. God, that was on TV all the time back then. Yeah. That was so weird. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's what was going on when suddenly, uh, suddenly human suddenly Susan, <laughs> when suddenly Seymour was on TV. <laughs> uh, we're going to make a lot of suddenly Susan references in this episode. Right. Uh, so if you don't know what that is, Google it now. Yeah. (laughs) 
I didn't bother to Google it because I kept confusing it with Caroline in the City, which I will continue to do throughout this podcast. I would say Caroline in the City, better sitcom I think so. than Suddenly Susan. I think it lasted longer, too. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, as we said earlier, Suddenly Human is one of those uh, Clash of Cultures episodes where mm-hmm. you have someone that was raised in a different culture uh, coming to terms with their roots and deciding what culture they want to be a part of, which I've noticed is kind of a common thing in Star Trek. Yeah, you, know, you got Deanna Troy, who's kind of got a foot in both the Betazoid and human worlds. You have Spock, who's yes. part human, part Vulcan. There's a lot of episodes that we've seen in the original series about that. And Worf, of course. Uh, but this one is just a one-off character. But it's a little more intense. It's a lot more intense. And I would say the story is also more about how the Federation deals with it. Right. As opposed to being an individual who's accepted by the Federation making their choice. I do think, as much as we were mocking the title, I do think it's a really strong showing of uh, an episode of Star Trek that actually has very little to do with space or exploration. Yeah. Which, normally, I don't like those episodes, because you know I love space battles. Yeah, hell yeah. Uh, <laughs> but this, uh, this I think, was pretty well done. Uh-huh. It was a Ronald D. Moore, I think, executive produ- or executive story yeah. guy. I think he's just doing all of them now, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it starts off with the Enterprise. They find this Talarian observation craft. And I, I don't think I've seen the Talarians at, I at don't this think point. So. They're new, right? Yeah. Okay. It is adrift in space. It looks like it's damaged, and there's a radiation problem on the ship, so they got to send a team in to rescue it. But Data is on the bridge, and he's saying, like, look, you know, historically, the Talarians have used these things as a trap. Yeah. So Guerrilla warfare. Watch out. And yeah. we're in their space. Yep. I don't know why they're in their space maybe they just found like they a distress heard the distress signal? call yeah. okay so they're answering it yeah all right they're being good guys okay. patrick all right as they are throughout the whole episode kind of question mark uh troy is like well there's some life still on board so we should probably go uh get them because it's fading out yeah it's fading quickly and picard is like okay let's send a team and it's a classic away team Worf and Riker. hell yeah but also uh crusher and some rando and yeah i don't remember who it was so who was it i assume unnamed <laughs> yeah it would have been lavar burton but lavar burton yeah, was sick he was sick and they find uh five talarian boys they're all kids mm-hmm. and one human Dr. Crusher is like, yeah, this guy doesn't have, like, the skull cap markings that the Talarians have. Yeah, uh, similar to a Klingon. Yeah, looks kind of Klingon-y, but a little more human. Mm-hmm. But this guy is full human. Yep. Uh, a teenager, like yep. all the others. Beautiful blonde hair, kind of <laughs> like uh, Malfoy. Yeah, it looks like Malfoy, like yeah. Draco Mal- he Malfoy. He kind of looks like Draco Malfoy, yeah. So they bring all these people on. And they are in the sick bay. And at first, everything seems to be okay. They're all, like, recuperating. And then they start rocking back and forth and making this terrible, high-pitched howling noise. It's really difficult to listen to and watch on screen. I I know that that (laughs) is what it's supposed to be. Yeah. It's supposed to be unsettling and weird, 
because it's and guess man- what? It's unsettling and weird yeah. as a viewer, right? And yeah. then Captain Picard comes in and he's like, "Okay, please stop. That's really annoying." All right, and then he like orders them to stop. Yeah, and they stop. You notice in this scene that they are not listening to women at no. all. Oh no, because the doctor is a woman. All the nurses, like all he, like the staff in the uh, sick bay. They don't listen, but when a guy comes in and a guy in a position of authority, that's what makes them uh, jump to. And the human is named Jono, and he bows to Captain Picard when it is made clear that this is the captain. So he's like, oh, okay. Yeah, better respect him. So he respects him, and he says, will you please return me to my captain? My captain. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Captain. Yeah. Oh, Captain, my Captain. Uh, and he, he refers to his Captain as Endar. And he's like, uh, okay, sure. Can I be honest with you? And this is a little foreshadowing. Okay. I think Endar's my favorite character Endar in is a very well-written character. Yeah, I think, I think so. he's by far the best developed character for someone who's only got a handful of lines. Yeah. But he does an amazing job. I wish he came back again. I really liked him. Oh, he... That we don't see the Talarians ever again. Maybe we They're see just Talarian like a one-off again, episode. But we, yeah, yeah that, yeah, that makes sense. So, uh, Captain Picard talks to Doctor Crusher, and he's like, "Okay, so what do we know about these people? Like, this guy is a human. That's pretty weird, right?" She says, "Yeah, you know what else is pretty weird is I found a long history of injury. He's got broken wrists that have healed. He's got broken ribs that have healed." And a concussion at one point in his past. And he's only 14 years old. Well, and based on what I read on Memory Alpha, this had a whole controversy around it. Oh, it did? Yeah, because it sounded like Star Trek was advocating child abuse. But I don't read this scene as that at all. No. Or this episode like that at all. No, it sounds like they were concerned that that was what was going on. Because why would a 14-year-old kid have all that? But I think it's kind of natural for a 14-year-old kid to have injury, right? I broke both my wrists before I was 14. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it's like yeah. young people do crazy things. But if you're things. thinking about, like, the Federation. Yeah, no one ever. You know, they yeah. probably don't put kids in that. I remember my dad telling me one time when he was, like, 13 years old and he was riding his bike to school and he fell off his bike and hit his head and got a concussion and just, like, woke up four hours later and everyone had ridden off. Really? And so <laughs> yeah. he just left him yeah, on the street? Yeah, and he street? was just like, yeah, that shit happened all the time. I don't know. It was the 60s. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, so we're definitely... So yeah, so if he yeah. gets dementia, that's probably where that <laughs> came from. <laughs> I also remember but jumping see, off the top of buildings. Right, yeah. I yeah. used to like jump off the top of the playground, which is how I broke one of my wrists. Right, uh, yeah. But it seems like the Talarians just like have that kind of An society. aggressive culture. Right. Like, if you would scan a 14-year-old warp. Oh, yeah. Or a Klingon who... Or a who human was raised who lived by in Klingon Klingons. society. Yeah. They would have had a ton of broken bones. Right. Just from, yeah, goofing but off. you have to understand from Dr. Crusher's perspective, you know, you see all these injuries in a 14-year-old human male in the Federation uh, society. It looks bad. Yeah, right? I guess so. So Come she's on, Crusher, lighten up. Well, she's just saying, Stop look. Stop being such a mom. <laughs> well, it kind of makes sense. You know, <laughs> she's saying we got to make sure that this kid isn't being abused. And also, they were in a position where they found these people in 
a spaceship that was damaged and had radiation poisoning, all right. and there were all 14. Yeah, you're right. Like, okay. there were no, no adults right. on the ship. You're right. I was going to keep fighting it, but you know what? That is pretty weird. Yeah, it's super weird. <laughs> <laughs> on a so, war vessel, no yeah, less. Yeah, so Picard is like, okay, let's keep an eye on this, because that's super weird. And uh, they talk to Troy, and uh, Troy's like, okay, well, okay, Jono, why don't you take your gloves off? Because, you know, you're, like, dressed in this full leather suit. You gotta be hot. You gotta be pretty hot. Look at everybody else. They're in pajamas. Also, you are injured, so, like, we need to examine you, and we need to, like, heal you. So, could you take your gloves off? And he starts freaking out. He makes that noise again. Makes that horrible noise and tries to run away. And so they have to, like, grab him. Yeah. <laughs> it's. Did you catch why? I think we'll miss it later, so I'm bringing up why he won't take his gloves off. Yeah. Because he doesn't want to touch... touch anything alien. How fucking crazy. Yeah. Oh, my God. Well, the, it sounds like they just have a really xenophobic culture. Yeah, totally. The Talarians They're do. nationalists. Yeah. And they raise. They're like. Uh, Spartans, basically. Yeah, Spartans. Yeah, because they're really um, paternalistic. Mm-hmm. That's why he wouldn't listen to women. Uh, they're raised to be warriors. They get injured a lot as kids, and uh, they're afraid of foreigners. Yeah. So yeah, they love war and battle. And, right. Yeah. Uh, so that's yeah, they're Spartans. Oh my god. Yeah. Patrick, the fact that you know your history better than I do just <laughs> blew my mind. <laughs> I, I I assume that that's what they were kind of going yeah, for. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So totally. And I know that like I, when we were watching this, I'm like, I feel like I read an old story that was about a misplaced child that maybe it was like a Roman thing. Yeah, maybe. I'm not familiar with whatever you're referencing. Oh, <laughs> it's an episode of Suddenly Susan. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think you mean Caroline in the City. Oh shit. <laughs> While this is happening, oh. while Jono's freaking out, they get this uh, message from Starfleet and Picard and uh, Troy and Crusher. They got to run to go get it. They leave Jono in the care of Worf because he's security. Hell yeah! And also, Worf has dealt with a similar situation. Right? That's why I feel like Worf needed to be bigger in this episode. I, he only gets this one scene, and they had a great connection. It is in a it. good scene, it's but this great. is all that he gets. Yeah. Like Worf takes him to his quarters, and he's like, "All right, Jono." Uh, you should chill out here. What's your deal, dude? Like, <laughs> what's your problem? That's you're true. not you're not a you're not one of these people. You're a human, and he's like, well, you're a Klingon. You're serving on a human vessel. Why are you doing that? They're your enemy. He's like, no, they're not. I, I'm a Klingon. That's right, and I serve on the Enterprise. I like being here. And he's like, well, you're taking orders from a woman. He's like, yeah. Dr. Crusher is my commanding officer. What's your problem? Yeah, come on, dude. And then he's like, well... Uh, what year is it, Talarians <laughs> would never take an order from a woman. He's like, well, I'm not a Talarian, so I don't have to worry about that, do I? <laughs> You're a human. Human women and human men are equal. Don't you know that? And he's like, no, I'm a Talarian. And he starts doing this crazy like whining noise again. And Worf is like, all right, you need to cut that out. That's really... That's really annoying. Well, and that's why I think Worf and this kid are perfect together, because Worf won't deal with any of his crap. No. And this kid isn't used to getting his, like, shit dealt with either, you know? Right. They're both warring cultures. 
Yeah. They have that in common. But the, the Benar, which is the noise that he makes, oh, yeah. makes Worf go away. He's like, all right, I can't deal with this. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like he's an alarm clock on your cell phone. <laughs> but <laughs> he says that he makes it when he's in distress and when he's separated from his brothers. And Worf is like, all right, you know what? I'm going to let you deal with that, and I'm going to get the hell out. You just keep making the Benar in here. <laughs> Show yourself. I, I don't want to hear it. <laughs> In the uh, like the conference room thing, uh, Picard is talking to Troy and Riker and stuff, and what they're telling him, and this message that they got from Starfleet, is that this is not just some random human. This is Jeremiah Rosa. His grandmother is Admiral Rosa, who is still alive, and an admiral in Starfleet, like a, a legendary what? person. Yeah. And he grew up on a colony uh, of uh, the son of Connor and Moira Rosa. They were killed in a Talarian raid, and they didn't know what happened to this kid. They have they a couple. Presumed he was. They dead. presumed he was dead, yeah. but now he's here. So they're like, "Well, obviously he was captured and raised as a Talarian." Uh, but his grandmother wants him back. Obviously, like he still has living family. That are humans. So there's got to be some way that we can reconnect him with his past. Yes. Counselor Troy, that sounds like a great job for you. She's like, yeah, normally it would be. However, in his culture, they don't really listen to women. You know, if only there was some kind of figure of authority, a male, a father figure that he respected. Hmm. You know. Who's great with kids. Who fits that bill? Hmm. And Captain Picard is like, look. I'm really bad with kids. I don't I don't think that I'd be right for this role. I love Patrick Stewart in this scene, oh, too. Oh, he is, like, so hesitant to do this, but you know that he's the only person that can. And he tries to be the normal, dignified Picard, but he is <clears throat> scared. And you can see it. Yeah, and, and Troy, really well like, done. talks him out of it and is like, look, you're the only person that can carry out this mission. So, Just one other, one other thing about... Uh, Admiral Rosa, mm-hmm. she lost another son as well. So all of her children have died. That's one thing that they covered uh, in it, which I think is really important. To yeah. Talk about well, the this value. is her only surviving family. Right. Yeah. Oh, did you say that? Uh, not yet, because I didn't know that until the end when Rosa. Oh, they say it in this scene. Oh, they did. Okay. Yeah. I missed that. Yeah. In this scene, uh, Picard goes, "Oh, wow, unfortunate family," because they just they just basically listed off how all of her children have died in the line of duty. All right, so Jono is the only uh, surviving Rosa. Yes. Okay. So Picard... Besides the Admiral. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh, So Picard takes Jono and tries to talk to him in his quarters, and he's like, so, uh, do you like... This scene's so awkward. He's so awkward. He's like, do you like these paintings of starships on the walls? Uh, do you like space? And he's like, no, I hate it here. He's like, oh, I can I can change the paintings on the walls, dude. Let's I, I'm, dish. I'm, I'm bad with kids. Man, how are you? And then like, he starts <laughs> making that horrible noise, and he's like, okay, please, please don't do that. And he's like, why? It's part of my culture. He's like, uh, is it part of your culture to listen to your captain? Yeah. Okay, your captain is asking you not to make that horrible noise. And he's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Fine. Thank God. I won't make the banar. He's like, <laughs> Okay, cool. 
<laughs> so Jono is like saying, I hate it here. I hate it in this room. In my culture, I've always lived with a captain. Picard is like, oh, okay. Well, I guess I got to let you live in my room. Which is super weird. It is. He takes his 14-year-old kid that he's never met, and he's like walking him through the room, and he's like, well, surely you're not going to find anything interesting here. And immediately the kid picks up a knife. He's like, yeah, cool, a knife. <laughs> I got a knife. Yeah, it's like, okay, please, please put that down, Jono. It was a really decorated knife. Right, yeah, but of course it's a it's knife. Like a ceremonial. Like, and it's a 14-year-old. Or ceremonial br- blade or something. Who's raised to be a warrior. Like, he, he just made a beeline to it. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, this is where he reveals that he won't take his gloves off. Because he doesn't want to touch uh, anything yes. alien, like he really does think of himself as a Talarian, uh, and, and oh not, yeah, no, and not a human at all. Um, I think this is meant to speak to culture, right? Uh, yeah, a little bit, but like cultural identity. Uh, Picard like tries to kind of gently broach the subject of his past injury in this scene. He asks him, like, you know, did the captain ever hurt you? And he says, well, that doesn't matter. He's like, well, what doesn't matter? What do you mean? He says, pain. Pain doesn't matter. What matters is passing the test. He's like, uh, okay. What does that mean, Jono? <laughs> <laughs> he's, and he's like, well, of course I experience pain. Every Tellurian experiences pain. and But I, I endured it. That's what I do. Yeah. And I want to return to my Captain Endark. This is what he wants to do. Uh, Picard can't really convince him either way. Later, Picard is hanging out in his ready room, and as you pointed out, he was just looking at one of those microchips that they look at all I the time. I didn't understand why, yeah. I see them do this all the time. It looks like a clipboard. It looks like a clipboard, but there's no words on it. Yes. And they're clearly reading it. Yes. What are they doing? Read it. Okay, but there's no words, and it's just like a piece of plastic. I know. He puts it up when Troy walks in. But, but like, the, here's the weird thing. There's also books. Yeah. They still have books. Which have normal words in them. Yep. And then they have this new language of lines. Because there's lines on that thing. Yeah. But I don't know what he's reading. I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't know. Well, he puts it away when charts. Troy... Charts. Important charts. Line yeah. graphs. <laughs> he was looking at some, yeah, some important lines. <laughs> and Troy comes in. And Picard is like, look, I don't know if you know this, but uh, I kind of suck with kids. And she's like, really? I haven't noticed. (laughs) And then he says, well, look, I'm not really able to deal with this kid. I don't think that I'm up to this task. I can do battle. I can do a lot of things, but I can't raise a child. And I can't connect with a child to save my life. And Troy's like, look, you just have to kind of go through the motions because that's what everyone that has ever had a kid has had to do. So, you know, just deal with it. Yeah. <laughs> I think there's a big difference, though, between your child, who you raised from right. birth, and a... I think this kid needs to be in the hands of a professional. Right. And we see that throughout how this episode plays out. Deanna Troy should have played a lot bigger role. Well, yeah, but he won't listen to her at all. Well, yeah, but maybe he should have maybe she should have coached Picard better. I think yeah. She should have had a bigger role in it, 
but I think what the writer was trying to do was to explore Picard's relationship with children. I agree, but it takes a village to raise a child. <laughs> yeah, that Not is true. Not one person. Yeah. So I think it would have been better to show how the Enterprise could handle this kid versus putting it all on Picard, who is ill-suited at the task. Oh, he sucks at it. And no desire to do it. And this kid has a lot of stuff to work through. Yeah, I mean, um, keep in mind at this point, at this point they think that he has been abused. That's the assumption that they're operating on. Yeah, and they identify the fact that he has Stockholm Syndrome. Right. They think you know how many years of psychiatry someone with Stockholm Syndrome <laughs> has to go through? I assume a lot. I do, too. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I know as much about Stockholm Syndrome as I do the Gulf War. <laughs> I'm just saying it seems complicated, and some guy who's good at driving spaceships Right. Probably isn't very good at dealing with that. Oh, he has no idea what he's doing. But he no. try, he tries to go back at it. He and goes, he does some great things. Yeah, he goes back to his room and... But this is Troy's job, I Patrick! Know, I know. She can't do it, though. He won't listen to a woman. Can't she convince him? I don't know. Isn't that what counselors she's, do? She's got... Well, she's a Betazoid, too. She can, like, get into his head, right? Yeah! Yeah! <laughs> I'm mad about this! <laughs> I feel like they should have utilized her more in this episode. I agree. I do love Picard's scenes. In I it, that's what saves it for me is that Picard's scenes with it are so awkward, but like played really well. Like yeah. he he goes back to his room and he finds Jono in a hammock and he's listening to this awful music. It sounds like Marilyn Manson. Yeah, it's it's like you know he doesn't understand this '90s kids music. <laughs> and he asks the computer what it is first. And he's like, yeah, it's some Tolarian shit yeah. uh, that kids in Tolaria like. And he turns it off. And, of course, Jono hates that. And he's like, oh, you turned off my music. Oh. Rock some headphones, man. Right. And Picard's like, yeah, please don't play that anymore. That's awful. And I see you've made yourself at home. And he's like, yeah, I had to hang up a hammock because I can't sleep on a bed. Your beds hurt my back. He's like, oh, okay. Well, look, Jono, I got something to show you. And uh, he pulls up this uh, not iPad and oh, I loved that. brings up photos of him as a child, as Jeremiah Rosa. And he was like four or something. Yeah. Like he was old enough to have memories. And it's pictures of his father and his mother. And he cycles through it and he's like, yeah, uh, this is where you were born on Galen 4. And I'm just going to let you take a look at that. And he does. And what comes to mind are, like, sounds of battle and his parents dying. Yeah. Because that's oh, what he God. had memories of that he had repressed, obviously. And now they're coming back and he's freaking out. Yeah. It's very sad. Yeah. Can we talk about this non-iPad for a second? They were so close to shot calling yeah, the they future. They almost had they a touchscreen. Yeah. Almost had a touchscreen. Yeah. They Little buttons at the bottom. Up. Full yeah. screen, but they had to put little buttons on it to scroll through. But how could have that worked? Because that tablet device could only show pictures then. Yeah. Anyway. Oh, so close, Star Trek. Yeah, very close. Uh, in the next scene, a uh, Tellurian vessel intercepts the Enterprise, because remember, they are still in Tellurian space. And uh, Picard sends over the other Tellurian people that they you know, had on their ship and had rescued, and they're like, okay, thanks. You know, there was one more, though, and uh, 
Just wondering, do y'all have a kid named Jono on there? And they, they say, yeah, uh, we're going to require an explanation from you, though. And they're talking to Endar, the, the captain that Jono wanted to see. Why is there a human on here? Like, he's obviously not a Tolarian, and we looked up his history, and he's the, the grandson of Admiral Rosa. Like, what are you doing with him? And Endar just says, he's my son. With no other explanation. Just, yeah, that's my kid. He's mine. Send him back. Uh, it's heartbreaking. Yeah. It also introduces a really cool conflict. Because now we know that they weren't keeping him prisoner. There's actually a, a person, and an entity there right. who loves this kid. And, and views him as a family member. As a son. Yeah, because Ender comes over to the Enterprise. Mm-hmm. And he talks to Picard in his ready room, and he explains what happened. From his perspective, Galen Four was uh, an Imperial venture from the Federation. He was like, yeah, when we liberated Galen Four. Right. I have no idea what happened. No, and they keep they that. They do not explain. No, and that's uh, good. Too. From the Federation's point, it was just uh, an uninhabited world or something that right. people lived on. But from the Talarian's point of view, they took it back. Right. And what, you know, as uh, Jono said earlier, the way he explained the death of his parents was people die in war. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, we wiped out the humans and... I had lost a son in a previous battle, and I saw this boy by the body of his mother. So I took him, and I raised him. And Picard is like, well, you have to give him back. He's like, well, what did you want me to do? Just leave the kid there? Yeah. Let him cry to himself to death? And yeah. The, the arms of his dead mother? Right. He's like, and by my custom, I lost my child. I would get to reclaim one mm-hmm. uh, that I find... Uh, from a slain enemy and he saw all of the humans as as enemies so what he says also is that all the injuries that jono had were uh the broken ribs were from when he fell off this horse-like uh mm-hmm. animal and the wrist was from when he was playing sports and I think also the concussion. And he's right. like, yeah, we just, you know, we raise children to be uh, daring and brave. And that's how he got those injuries from being daring and brave. And he is great at it. And he's a great son. And I love him. I want him back. God, so good. Yeah. It's so great. And Picard believes him. Oh, yeah. Well, it is the stakes or the emotional uh, uh, premise that this episode needed. Yeah. Because if that character didn't deliver, it would have been so obvious. Like, well, he's a he's a jerk. Send him back right. to the admiral. But he's not a jerk. He's a he's a guy who loves his son and just wants his son back. Right. And like, Picard talks to he talks to Doctor Crusher and Troy about this. And Doctor Crusher is still convinced that um, Endar is an abuser. And and she correctly says like they can be really manipulative and. They they can say anything to uh, to bring people back into their clutches, really, and especially if it's a child. And so please, if you make him meet with this guy, I would advise against it, first of all, but have someone else there. But Troy is saying, we have to let him see Endar. 
he views this man as as his father. Yeah. But you also have to reintroduce him to his human culture and give him the choice. So Picard is like, all right, if I do arrange a meeting, someone else is going to be there, but I'm going to try to reintroduce him to his human past as best I can. And they, they send Jono a transmission from his grandmother, Admiral Rosa. And she explains to him that, you know, you're the last of your line. And uh, you are wanted here back on Earth. And You'd you have proud family. of your family. Yeah. yeah. And we would love to see you again. And that, you can tell, it brings up uh, a lot of emotions for Jono. As it would. And he says... Why he needs a professional counselor by his exactly. side at all times. Well, one of the things that he points this out... This is messed up! <laughs> this poor kid! I know. One of the things that he points out, though, is that she has a uh, higher-ranking uniform than you, Captain. And the Captain Picard is like, yeah, she's an admiral. And that just blows his mind. You know, oh, yeah. First of all, that a woman is an admiral. But also, his grandmother is... A like this high-ranking warrior, yeah, a well-respected one, right? And you can tell he's starting to have some second thoughts, and he can't really work out his emotions. And he's freaking out, and he's like, "Look, Captain, back on my home planet, I would go to the river and I would run as fast as I can. You won't let me do Benar, which is how we deal with stress in my culture. What can I do?" And so the captain is like, "All right, we're gonna play racquetball." Well, with targets and a glow. Yeah, ball. it's like it's future ball, but it's it's racquetball. <laughs> yeah, it's racquetball. Uh, like the only thing they explain the rules, but I, I didn't understand how it works. Nah. It's squash. They're playing squash. Are there targets in squash? There, I don't think so. You just have to hit the wall and get it before the uh, the line. Yeah, I think that game. I've played both racquetball and squash, and they both scare the hell out of me. It is so fast, and I'm always afraid I'm going to punch the wall. I'm not that athletic, to be fair. But oh, you yeah, get, you got to get so close to the wall to yeah. swing your racket. I just think I'm going to swing my racket and punch the wall every time. Yeah. I don't know. I've only played a couple times. It's and a hard game. It's really hard. And they were very good at and it. And they were both great. Yeah. And uh, Picard points out to Jonas like, how good he is. He's like, yeah, I win all the games. But one of the things that this game does is it makes these weird like laser sounds, mm-hmm. and that brings up some PTSD. Yep. For Jono. And he starts freaking out and crying because he's remembering the battle when he was uh, like four years old. It brings back all those memories of his parents dying, of him being abandoned, and uh, all the death and destruction around him when he was just a kid. And uh, he he collapses into Captain Picard's arms and, and is crying for his mother. Like, he just totally loses it. Uh, so it's probably a bad idea to bring him to a game that has a bunch of laser mm. blast sounds. You know who wouldn't have done that? Yeah, a professional! <laughs> yeah. Um, so after that, Picard brings him to 10 Forward, where uh, you have Riker there and Wesley there and, and Data, and they're all having some drinks and enjoying some ice cream. <laughs> it's a weird... I don't know. How many times have you I been with a group like, of people? Yeah. The, the adults are drinking like whiskey, and the kid is having ha- ice having, cream. S- having a banana split. He's having a banana split. Well, also, hey, uh, I know you just had uh, a crazy PTSD experience about your parents dying. How about some ice cream? That'll fix everything, right? <laughs> I know. If you think about the timeline of this and then what happens this next. This happens immediately after. It's like three hours. Yeah. There's like three hours between him crying 
Yeah. This bar scene, and then later. So he takes him, uh, you know, just to meet some people. Yeah. And Wesley tries to give him the uh, the banana split, and Jonah doesn't know what it is. And Wesley's like, look, it's great. You're going to love it. Here, eat it with this. And he doesn't know what a spoon is. Which is, okay. Yeah. I, I don't know. They, I guess they eat with their hands or something. Okay. He misuses the spoon. He just, like, stabs the ice cream with it and sprays all over Wesley, and everyone starts laughing. Data doesn't doesn't get why they're laughing, and, like, they explain slapstick to him. And it's so dumb. Yeah, it, but Jono is having a good time. Why don't you reference slapstick in your data bank? Yeah. This was a, very, this was a rough scene. Yeah. And but, yeah, Jonah had a good time. Jonah had a good time, and uh, it seems like everything is okay. Until that night. What? Oh, the yeah. The hell, dude. dude that, God, this scene is crazy. Crazy! So Picard is asleep. Jono creeps out from his hammock, gets that ceremonial knife thing. It just stabs him in the stabs chest! Him, and it's like a sudden jump cut. Yeah. Just for, I have no idea why. Well, they kind of explain it, but yeah. Yeah, but it, it it's like he tried to murder him. Dude, it's crazy. Uh, as it turns out, though, Picard is okay. He wakes up in sickbay, and Dr. Crusher is uh, stabilizing him, and it turns out that uh, it, it nicked his sternum. All right, so it missed any vital organ. I guess. Lucky. Sure, yeah. This guy is trained in war. Yeah. Uh, he stabbed him real hard, too. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, Picard is awake, and he's like, yeah, bring Jono here. I, I want to talk to him. I want to see what's going on. Meanwhile, Indar gets back in touch with the Enterprise. He's like, look, I want Jono here. Where is Captain Picard? And Riker's like, well, uh, your son stabbed him so he's in the Damn brig him! yeah he's in the brig he tried to murder the captain and he we're gonna take him back uh to the federation to deal with him and that's that like i'm sorry he tried to kill someone on the ship so the captain uh, no less yeah and uh endar is not having it he no. says look you have five minutes you have five minutes to Give bring my son my back son. to me. Give me back my son. Give me back my son. He goes into full Harrison Ford mode. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he says, if you don't give me back my son, the Talarians and the Enterprise will be at war. And there's a bunch of other Talarian ships there. Keep in mind, they're still in Talarian space, and it's just the Enterprise. And he says, we're going to open fire in five minutes if you don't bring my son back. Although Data does mention the Enterprise could still take on, it all probably three could. Of the ships. It could be a match, but they don't want to do it. Yeah, they don't want to start an unnecessary war. It's a war, though. Yeah, over a child. And Worf says, "Is it worth it?" Yeah, but uh, they they bring Jono into um into the sick bay to talk to Picard and kind of explain what happened. Super pale. Yeah, Picard is probably lost a lot of blood, and. He says, "What? why did you do this? And he says, I have attacked my captain. I am prepared to die. So maybe he didn't kill him on purpose. Well, here's what, what gets he wanted me. was the punishment. He wanted the punishment, but, yeah. like, he aimed right for his heart. He hit the sternum. That's right in the middle of your chest. Yeah, stab him in the leg. <laughs> yeah, dude, like, aim for any 
other part of the body. You hit him in the hand. Yeah. That Something that won't kill him, but yeah. like would still wound him, so you'd get in trouble. Yeah. But he says, no, I want the death sentence. Yeah, kill me. Because he can't decide between this connection that he has made back to his human past and back to Captain Picard. When I love the point he makes and, right here. Yeah, and, and to his own father. Yeah, he loves his father. Yeah, right. And uh, for like, every moment he spends with humans, he feels like he's leaving his father behind. Yeah, it's messed up. <laughs> uh, I, I did forget to mention, though, they did have one brief scene where they bring Jonah to talk to Endar, mm-hmm. and uh, they, like, greet each other, and Endar is like, you're 14, you have the choice. Oh, right. Uh, so that's what, like, brings on the... Uh, um, yeah, this conflict over right. over what world he gets to choose, right? Because it's kind of like that room springer thing, you right. know. Like uh, if you're uh, Amish, you get you get to go out into the non-Amish world and choose whether or not you want to be part of it or or, or your uh, the culture that you were raised in. And he can't deal with it. No. So that's how he ended up stabbing Captain Picard in the heart. I guess. Well, just missing the heart, his fake metal heart. S- yeah, this is the third time Picard has been stabbed oh, yeah. in the heart. Oh, yeah. Because it was once in the bar. Yep, when he was young. He got hit in the heart at some other point, too. Yep. And that's when they brought that flashback back. Mm-hmm. And this is the third time. Yeah, he's got a big heart. God damn, he it's is a unlucky. a big target. <laughs> <laughs> he is unlucky in getting stabbed in the heart. Yeah, he is. Um, but Picard tells him, look, Jonah, we're not going to kill you. Okay, uh... I don't think that we handled this situation the we best way had we could. We should have had a professional the we whole prob- time. Probably should have had a psychiatrist. <laughs> and Looking at you, Troy. And uh, Jonah was saying, look, I feel like I betrayed everything that I was raised to be by becoming close to you. And I don't know how to deal with those emotions. And I still want to go back to my dad, though, because... A Talarian, that that's everything that I see myself as. Which is hard to argue with. Right. So Picard takes him back to the bridge. And Endar is like, look, that's my kid. You give him back to me, or we're going to open fire. And we're going to go go to war. And, you know, yeah, I get it. He stabbed you. But none of this would have happened if you hadn't kidnapped my kid. You made him do that. You made him do this. Yeah. As far as I see it, he was just trying to escape. Mm-hmm. Um, He's a prisoner. Right. So Picard is like, look, we, we tried to introduce him back to human culture, and now we realize that he didn't want that. And it was against the interests of the boy. It was against the interests of the family that raised him. And... Prime Directive? Yeah, this is the Prime Directive right here. Yeah, kind of. Kind of. But, I mean, they have warp technology, but, like, they're interfering with this alien culture, basically, and that's what Picard is conceding. Right. And we're going to send him back to you. So, Endar's like, all right. Hell thanks. Yeah. That's Thank it. You. That's uh, all I wanted. I'm okay. out of here. <laughs> I love my son. Just want him back. Right. See you later. And they send him back to the transporter room. Uh, Jono, as he's leaving... Removes his gloves. Remember that? That he didn't want to touch anything alien. And he touches uh, Picard's face and, and touches skulls with him. Just which like, is like a with hug. his dad, which is like their hug, mm-hmm. basically. Like that's 
how he lets him know that he sees him as a uh, like a father figure, basically, and uh, goes back goes back to his dad and our and and the Talarians. That's the end of the episode. That's it. Well, Poor Rosa family. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Who's telling the admiral? I don't know. I don't know. Kevin McCarr's gonna have to. He's gonna have to. Oof, That's his day. job. Yeah, tough day to be in charge. Well, Patrick, this is the part of the episode where we like to rate what we just saw. If we thought it was amazing, must watch Star Trek. We set to kill. If we thought it was pretty good, it comes up in the queue. You give it a watch, we set to stun. And if we thought it was horrible, avoid it at all costs, we leave it in the holster. Come on, Patrick. Tell me what you think. You know, I actually really do like these, like, uh, uh, clash of culture one so i'm, I'm gonna say set to kill set i to like kill? it yeah i'm shocked boo, 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 boo. i liked it i i thought that uh i like it when the federation is humbled me too when they have to recognize and admit yeah you know what we messed up and maybe maybe we did something wrong and maybe we were too uh arrogant in how we deal with cultures that are not our own and we screwed up we're just gonna give this person back <laughs> yeah you know uh and i and i felt that it was handled more or less well like there's it's not perfect you know troy should have had a bigger role i think uh some of the stuff about abuse was uh just introduced and pulled away which was kind of weird but I, I felt like the the heart of the episode was done very well, and I enjoyed watching it. So, set to kill. Hell yeah. I'm going to give it a set to kill, too. Whoa. Yeah. Boop, 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 pew, pew, pew. pew. <laughs> it is missing a lot of things that I love about Star Trek. Yeah. And most of my set to kills have to do with establishing story or building lore or these broader things that really don't happen in this episode at all. But to your point, it's nice to see Captain McCard admit to making a mistake. And to him being to see him be put into a situation where he can't succeed. We never see that. Yeah. And he in can't this one, win. he could there's no way he could have handled that right. No. He's not apt at doing it. He says he's not apt at doing it. Um, the kid basically says, yeah, you don't know what you're doing. Nobody knows what they're doing here and they're in over their heads. And we see that played out. That being said, now that the kid knows that humanity exists, wouldn't he want to go see his grandmother? Like, I feel like it changed. He's not just going back and now everything's back to how it used to be. Right. His life is forever changed. Well, I think that he's got to know if he doesn't go back that there's going to be war. Yeah, that he's, too. He's definitely never going to see his grandmother then. No. You know. But now he could become a man, give him a couple more years, well, the, become the, an adult man. There is know? one line where uh Endar is talking to his kid and he says uh, you know, if you stay with the humans, there's going to be war, and you will die. You could die. And he says, I'm prepared for death. 
I don't know. Nobody wants to die. I don't. But I don't know if he's prepared to go to war with these people that you know he has a connection to and has spent so much time with. Right. I don't think he wants war with with the Federation. Well, and that colors his decision. Yeah, like if he goes back, that's easier for everybody else in addition to him. Right. Um, he he has a connection to the Federation people, and he can maintain not necessarily a peaceful relationship, but a non-aggressive relationship with them. Yeah. So he doesn't have to worry about like having to meet these people in battle. Right. And then he can go see his grandma. Yeah. But it not be such a contentious way of going right. to see his he grandma. He won't be part of her family, but he could, you know. They're still family. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's like now that there's an awareness that there's a family member out there who knew your birth parents. Right. How has that become segregated from your life? It's a thing you know. And if your father loved you, you're, you're the father who raised you, not your birth father. Yeah. Who I'm sure loved him but is now deceased. Yeah. You couldn't keep that separate. Right. I don't know. I, I don't want to see a yeah. sequel to this episode. I would love to see that. What happens what next? Happens? Yeah. And I guess that's one of the reasons I really like it. Well, we know that they don't go to war. Which that is, much we Which know. was something that was avoided. So, but you know, this is where Next Generation is frustrating compared to Deep Space Nine. Because in Deep Space Nine, since they're in one location, they would have to deal with this next week. At least the repercussions of this next week. Oh, and next gen, they're just flying off. They're gone. Yeah, it's an never episodic, happens again. Yeah, yeah, it's just different. Anyway, Patrick, is there anything you want to talk about before we get out of here? Uh, yeah. Just want to remind everybody that our Tumblr, if you're still accessing our episodes on there, uh, their streaming service does not really work the way that we want it to anymore, if it works at all. So mm-hmm. you can access all of our episodes on Patreon at patreon.com slash Uh We will have those there, and as well as some uh, special access episodes of the original series. Um, we are doing one next week. Yep. Uh, it's the one where Captain Kirk's alter ego... Oh, yes! I love this episode. Yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't, but we'll talk about that. <laughs> well, I love it because it's so campy. I yeah. don't love it because it's good. Uh, so look forward to that uh, if if you are one of our donors. And uh, thank you to everyone that gives any amount of money uh, yes. whatsoever. And also just anyone that listens. Yeah, we really appreciate, appreciate it. it. And I am still uploading it to the RSS feed. So if you use a podcatcher, you should be able to get it. Uh, I feel like I'm talking to n- nobody would have this situation because I wouldn't have heard this episode. But if you're having a hard time getting access to the episode, please let me know. Um, I know it's been kind of hard to redirect patrek.space the way I intended, so I hope it's working out. Let me know. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at PatLikesToTweet, because Facebook is for noobs. Let's see what's out there. Peaches. Hot sauce. Peaches. Oh,